funny is I've been trying repeatedly to call him and reach him. Um, well, but if, he's, if he's you not... call his cell phone, you won't reach him because he's in Pomeroy. <laughs> <laughs> so his cell phone doesn't work where he is. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm going to try one more time just to see if I can get the guy himself on this call. And lo and behold, he answered. And I tried to explain in 10 seconds or less what I was up to. And he said, well, I've never been on a Zoom call before, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Okay, letting everybody in here. This looks like this is going to be a good call today. I thought what I'd do is have my buddy and Iowa Writers Collaborative columnist, Art Cullen, talk about Byron's first, and then we'll we'll segue into Dave Hearn, who is one of the organizers of this event for, for Byron. By the way, I'm wearing the one piece of tie-dye I could find in honor of, of Byron, who, <laughs> who uh, seems to always be clad in something tie-dyed, so... With that, oh. Art Cullen, good to see you, buddy. Tell us, why is Byron such an iconic place? What is it all about? Well, thanks, Julie. Uh, first of all, uh, well, Byron's is a little, uh, some people call it a dive bar in Pomeroy, Iowa, population 500. Oh, and uh, he gets uh, acts from across the country, a lot from East Nashville, Austin, Texas, uh, and of course, uh, Brita, Iowa, uh, Todd Partridge, actually Auburn, uh, and, you know, and points in between. And one of my, uh, bucket list moments was, uh, when Greg Brown performed there, it was one of his last performances, uh, uh, before he retired, uh, and he's coming back out of retirement for a special benefit next Sunday, um, and I got to read excerpts from my book while Greg Brown played <laughs> at Byron's. That's a magical moment. Wow. And so he's been doing this for 30 some years and uh, for 15 bucks and the price of a, what, a pizza's six or seven dollars, uh, you can have a wonderful evening talking to a former keyboard player with the Allman Brothers Band or, uh, you know, uh, a funk artist from Cleveland. Uh, it's just a, an amazing little place and all these characters come out of the woodwork there's you know hermits and hippies and lawyers and judges and doctors and Dave Hearn who uh, who show up on Sunday nights at 5 p.m and you're home in bed by 8 30 p.m like me in Storm Lake 40 miles away <laughs> but what happened uh we've all kind of felt this coming uh like many rural communities in Iowa, uh, Pomeroy is disintegrating, and uh, especially it's downtown, it's ceased to function. There's abandoned bank buildings that are imploding, and the entire row of buildings that Byron's is attached to downtown, which is built in 1896, uh, mm. they're starting to fall down together, and Byron's is on the end, and eventually it's going to get tugged down by these vacant deteriorating buildings and so it's uh, uh the friends of byron's organized to help byron um either somehow fix his building which seems unlikely or find a new home for it and we're feeling pretty confident about that uh we've started a fundraising campaign uh 
that's raised nearly $30,000. And there's uh, going to be a couple benefit concerts coming up, which Dave Hearn, I think, could talk more about, uh, that we hope to raise some more money. And, you know, for what we've raised so far and what we anticipate raising, we think we can carry on the, the tradition just a few more years. And it's all come through the generosity mainly of Iowans at $100 a pop. And the idea was if we could raise $100 from 1,000 Iowans, uh, we'd have $100,000 and that would solve the problem. Well, believe it or not, Byron is actually called in on the call, his very first Zoom appearance ever. And Byron, I'm so glad to see you here. I, Since this is your first Zoom call, it's probably going to take you a little bit of time to figure out how to unmute your microphone. But if you look on your toolbar uh, above where or below the Zoom screen, you might see something that says unmute. But if not, just sit back and enjoy this hour because we're going to have a lot of fun talking about you, your bar, and why it needs to be saved. But I got my fingers crossed, Byron, that you're going to be able to figure out how to unmute and join this call. So Dave, tell us about this fundraiser you have scheduled. Well, March 3rd, which is next Sunday, at three o'clock in the afternoon at Phillips Auditorium in Fort Dodge, we have what we like to think is the concert of the year, which is headlined by Greg Brown, who's coming out of retirement to play it for us. And it includes, let me read this off here so I don't forget anyone. Dave Moore, Joe and Vicki Price, Dave Zolo, David Huckfelt of the Pines, Weary Ramblers, which is Chad Elliott and Catherine Fox, Todd Partridge and Jordan Messerol. And it's gonna be a five hour concert. There will be uh, an auction going on with it. There will be plenty of libations and two food trucks, including Mexican and barbecue that will be available so people won't have to go through the dinner hour without eating and go through five hours of drinking without eating. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the whole thing has been, everything that's being done is being done by volunteers. The food trucks have volunteered their fees for the event. The uh, All of the ticket takers are members of our committee. There's 22 members of our committee called uh -huh. Friends of Byron. And uh, we expect a fantastic show on the 3rd. Hey, Dave, what are some of the auction items? Are they, I, yeah, I've, I've been watching the video clips of KCCI and WHO TV and the stories they've done recently about Byron's, thanks to Art Cullen's initial column. Thank you, Art. Uh, but I see all this incredible memorabilia around the around the place and wonder if some of that's going to be auctioned off. Well, the the, uh, the items that are at Byron's are not being auctioned off as far as <coughs> I know, unless but Byron may be able to correct. Those are historic treasures. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, there is a fantastic, hey, there's Todd Partridge. 
Yes. Here I Hi, Todd. Hello, everyone. That's the king of the tramps for you uneducated folks. Thank well, you. <laughs> don't want that to get around, Art. You know, we try to stay a little incognito. <laughs> hey, Todd, you've probably performed yeah. there a few times. Uh, I, yeah, have, I, have. I have not had the pleasure of being to Byron's, even though Art has badgered me about going there for <laughs> as long as I've known him. It's not easy to get to Pomeroy, and not that that's any excuse, because certainly plenty of people don't use it as one, but tell us what it's like to perform. Well, uh, yeah, and we're going to remedy that, Julie. We're going to get you to Byron's, I think. That's that's the goal of the mission of this call, is to get you there, <laughs> one way or another. Um, of course. It's kind of like the Hotel California. You can check you can check in any time you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Todd, um, so tell me about the first time you performed there. Oh, wow. So that goes way back. I mean, uh, it was uh, early 2000s or so with my band, King of the Tramps. Um, and we'd wanted to play there for years. But uh, uh, prior to that, I was in a cover band and, and and it just didn't ever fit right with Byron's. You know, Byron's likes the authentic uh, original music, you know, bringing bringing your art to the forefront for the, for the masses. Um you hear the word magic a lot, and, and it's almost impossible to describe it without that adjective. I mean, it, it is. You walk in there, and, and um, uh, from the outside, it's unassuming, and, and you don't know what's happening. And once you get in there, you you kind of get under the spell. And I've heard uh, first-timers explain this to me a few times. You know, they didn't know what to expect. They thought it was going to be a broken-down, you know, dirty dive bar, and then it's this magical place uh, of colors and lights and people. But I think the the key is that uh, everybody's there united for one thing, which is the music. It's a listening room, and these days, or, or any days, I guess, um, for a musician, uh, for the music to take the forefront is, is so important, and that that's that's why it's magical. Thank you. Jason Waltzmith is on the call, too. Hey, good to see you, Jason. How's Jason, it going? Good. Jason's the newest member of the Iowa Writers Collaborative. Hooray. He's also uh, <laughs> a longtime Byron's fan <clears throat> performer. So tell us about when you first discovered Byron's and what's it? Yeah, I've done, I've, I've done a little of both. I've been there as a as a fan and and then I've been fortunate enough to be able to play there a few times. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I. I, I think the reputation's you know been around for a long time, but but it is kind of hard to get up there on a Sunday night. And so when the stars align, and I'd be coming or going from somewhere, and it was sort of on the way, even if it wasn't right on the way, but it was I was out anyway. Then I was able to stop in there and and catch some music. So, um, and then and then to play there is uh, to echo what Todd said is that is that magic and uh, it's tough as a musician to talk about uh an environment where people focus where where you want an environment where people focus on you because it just makes you sound like you're self-centered <laughs> self-grandizing and things but but it's that magic that happens it's a real collaboration between the mm. audience the environment and the performer that creates that magic for everyone to experience so it's magic for the performer it's magic for the audience and the place is such a key element in that and the and setting up that environment like byron has done um is what makes the place you know so it's not necessarily the 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 walls or the architecture or the brick and mortar it's the it's the setting up of that environment and that 
opportunity for the magic to happen. Well, Byron, I see that you have turned your video on and your microphone on. I'd like to welcome you to Zoom for the very first time. Yay! I'm no longer a virgin, I guess. <laughs> yes. Byron, I want you to know I'm wearing a piece of tie-dye clothing. I Well, so am I. I... <laughs> So, Byron, welcome to this Zoom call. Uh, tell us about, well, we'll have others talk about the the mystique and magic of Byron's, but tell us about what you felt when you got the word, you got a letter from the, from the folks who wanted you to get your building inspected, and if you didn't perform, you'd be out in 90 days. What, what hap what's happened since that letter arrived? Well, I tell you, when it first happened, uh, you know, it was January 2nd, I scrambled to get to be able to open another year, I, really low on cash, and but I made it. And then you, then I get a letter that you're done in 30 days. And it, uh, I just lost it. I did, what, what do you do? God. I, and then all my friends jumped in. 22 people jumped in and said, we're going to help you out. You just sit back. We're going to do this for you, Byron. We love you. And uh, don't get any better than that. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you, how how short are you in terms of you have to get an inspection? Are you going to try and fix the building? Are you going to try and relocate? Well, no, it, it's a whole. There's four businesses in this one building. And the rest of them haven't been in in business for 30 years. And it's their buildings have deteriorated and they're taking mine with it. And I don't think it's without about $10 million. I don't think you can fix it. So what are you going to do? Uh, we're going to try to find another place to move it to. Like, like Jason said, it's not the bricks. It's not the mortar. It's, it's the community and it's the love of music. I think. That's what I want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found an old pizza ranch uh, on the market in Pocahontas for you. I don't know if you've, is that far, too far away? But, uh, well, it's an option. Does that mean we can have a pizza buffet with every show? I, 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 there is still a pizza ranch in Pocahontas. So well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they, well, it's, it's listed as a commercial property for sale. Just saying. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you're getting lots. Political of candidates might instinctively stop by, and it would ruin the whole vibe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly, Art. <laughs> okay, who else is on the call that's performed there? I'm I'm seeing some people whose faces I don't don't recognize. So I bet you. Let's see. Uh, well, Art, I'm going to go back to you for a second. Tell me some of the most interesting conversations you've eavesdropped on in Pomeroy, in, in uh, Byron's at Pomeroy. Well, what happens at Byron's stays at Byron's. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I can't reveal any conversations I've had in the green room uh, because I probably don't remember any of them anyway. <laughs> and, uh but some of the more interesting conversations I've had is to be, being able to talk to Bruce Katz, who used to be a keyboardist with the Allman Brothers Band and now plays on his own. And uh, I mean, just an incredible 
musician, went to the Juilliard School. And, you know, he's sitting there eating a burnt pizza with you and, <laughs> uh, and talking about playing with Greg Allman you know, or Dickie Betts. And it's just incredible. Or Kinky Friedman, another bucket list. Kinky Friedman was, you know, ran for governor of Texas. Uh, <laughs> and is a great uh, Texas bard and uh, best friend of Willie Nelson. And here's Kinky Friedman. And, you know, you're shaking hands with Kinky Friedman uh, in Pomeroy, Iowa. Uh, it's unbelievable. And, uh, and so you just can't get that experience anywhere else. And, and one other thing I'd like to point out is, that, you know, Northwest Iowa is pretty much a cultural wasteland. Um, and it's all we've got, Byron's. It's the only place you can hear live music. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, so it's just vital that we keep something going. And fortunately, Byron is going to live forever. So uh, well that part nailed down. We just need to get him through the interim. <laughs> All right, I'm going to open this up to anybody who wants to ask a question or make a comment. Love to hear from you, especially if you've been to Byron's. And Byron, don't hesitate to to jump in and and uh, share any stories. How about you, Chuck? Have you been there? I have been to Byron's uh, a couple of times, but never on a Sunday evening when the music's going. Um, uh, when I was uh, in Storm Lake. Uh, Let's see, I was in Storm Lake from 99 to 04, and I would stop through Pomeroy back then. And then, uh, Byron, I think you'll remember Leonard Olson was a mutual friend of ours. Uh, Leonard got, was famous for his kaleidoscopes he was making in, in Pomeroy, or was it in Palmer? I can't remember which. He was but, in uh, Pomeroy. Uh, but I would see Leonard, and we would occasionally meet at Byron's for a coffee in the afternoon on a weekday or something like that. And but I do remember once Leonard meeting said call, calling me and we were going to meet at Byron's. And when we got to Byron's, the door was unlocked and we walked in, but there was no Byron or anybody else there. So we just sat down and helped ourselves to a Coke or whatever we were drinking and, and had a good conversation. But I have always been envious of uh, those music festivals that you've had on Sundays up there. Uh, you know, they've just been I've enjoyed them from afar just reading about them generally through brother cullen's columns uh and i was especially envious the night that greg brown played there and sang his song early for which he wrote and sings about early iowa which is just south of pomeroy and uh, that that had to be a magic moment so uh, but this this event sunday afternoon in fort dodge just sounds fantastic i'm going to see what i can do about trying to get there so Good, good. We'll be there. So, Byron, let's talk more about you. Tell us, tell us how you founded the bar, um, and when you first started making it available for live music. How did that? How did that happen? How did you? You grew up in Pomeroy, moved away, came back, and your dad had a heart attack, I believe. But what? What's the? What's your story from there? Oh, from there, I just went to the bars every night, and the bartender said you're here every night how would you like to work a couple so I started working in the bar and and then uh that bar sold to somebody else and I worked for them and that bar sold again and I switched to another bar and I I bartended there for about 15 years or so and then this this bar came up for sale and uh I bought it 
and I opened on January 8, 1996. I knew I wanted live music there, so I contacted my friend Larry Meyer from Havelock, and uh, he was my first. He was my first main music in May of '96, and then he told me about Rob Lombard. He said you might like Rob Lombard more. He plays for the audience. I play for myself. <laughs> and he was right. Rob was a great entertainer. Yeah. And then from there, uh, boy, I can't remember who the next one was, but I know I've had Brother Trucker there a lot. I used to call him my my house band. They played there so much. But it's been a long time since we've been able to connect again. But I would love to have them back any day. Uh, and from there, I just... I would do it like maybe once or twice a month. And then uh, then I started doing it twice a, twice a month. And then I did it three times a month. And then, uh, then I got a national act. My first national act was Todd Snyder on May 4th. No, March, March 4th, 2001. And what a day. Todd Snyder was my hero. and He's playing in my bar. I was just so scared that somebody was going to piss him off and he was going to walk out of there and that'd be the end of Byron's. But everything went great. Lost my ass on it. Learned a lot of things. First, you get money from these people before you say you have a ticket. And then from there on, uh, I people started calling me and, and they heard about me. Uh, Canned Heats management called me and they played the weekend of my 50th birthday. So not too many people can say Canned Heat played for their 50th birthday. No kidding. And it's, now, now I'm, I had 73 shows last year. Wow. 73 fantastic shows. Made money on about 10 of them. But wow, did I have fun. <laughs> what? It's, it's a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> So Byron, in another life, I used to be a, a business coach of all things. And I suspect you didn't have a lot of business coaches advising you or my hunch is just out of curiosity, how much is a beer at Byron's? Uh, a bottle of beer is $3 and 25 cents. How much uh, is the pizza? Pizza up $11 is the highest. Okay. Um, have you thought about raising prices? <laughs> I, you know, I have over the years, and you wouldn't believe the griping that goes on when you raise it a quarter. But they paid it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll sit there and talk to me about how much they paid at this other bar, you know, up to like seven bucks a beer. Exactly. And I'll go, oh, now that I know how much you'll pay for it. But exactly. then, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> Small town people, they're, they're frugal. Yeah. <laughs> They get what they they get what they can get away with. Hey Dave, tell uh, tell Byron about how many tickets <coughs> you sold so far. Well, we've sold two hundred and twenty five tickets, and we've raised uh, north of eleven thousand dollars for uh, uh, this project that we're doing so far with uh, ticket sales. So, and by the way, Byron, I'll. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Prepare the list of people that you sold tickets for for Shelly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had we we had a situation where the bar owner sold tickets that were vapor. 
That were what? <laughs> well, the tickets were for sale on Eventbrite, but Byron sold several tickets at the bar. Well, sure. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> and that was that was good. But we didn't have the we had those seats reserved. We're making sure he doesn't sell his own seat. <laughs> hey, Byron, what are some of your favorite favorite bands that have come through recently? Well, let me tell you why I'm asking, and that because I I put on this writers retreat in Okaboji, and this year I decided to add songwriters. And this is a whole new world for me. So I'm I'm meeting people like Jason Wallsmith and and others and learning about how difficult it is for musicians with the changes in the internet and streaming music making it making it taking over CD sales, all those things. So you really are providing a great service for for musicians. But tell me who some of your favorite Iowa songwriters are. Present company included, of course, Todd and Jason. Wow, there's so many that you, you don't even hear of. There is a great music scene in Des Moines. I wish I could get there more often, but but I'm kind of busy. I'm work I work six days a week at this, just trying to keep it going and and so that I can live to my Sundays that oh, I just love my Sundays. Oh, <laughs> uh, I now you put me on a spot here. Well, think about it. Think about it a little bit. Well, I'll tell you who some of my favorites are that play there. Yeah. The uh, probably my favorite two artists that play there are Kevin Gordon, who's originally from Louisiana but lives in Nashville now. He's a great songwriter, and he has an Iowa connection. He went to the Iowa Writers Workshop, has a master's from there and uh, writes these fantastic songs about life in the South. And he's played there a number of times. I know that if Chuck is still with us, he was involved with Ragbri. I remember Kevin Gordon played one time the night before Ragbri went not through, but near Pomeroy. And the bicyclist convinced uh, Kevin to play for six and a half hours that evening. So that would be one of my favorite artists. The other one would be Amelia White. And I can tell you that on March 12th, March 12th uh, April 12th, I'm sorry, that both of them will be playing at the Phillips Auditorium in Fort Dodge with other people that uh, are still being booked for concert for Byron's. And uh, both of these artists have played uh, a zillion times uh, at Byron's and they're the kind of people that are entrenched in the Nashville community, but will still travel all the way up from Nashville to play Byron's simply because they love it and they love Byron. The best Iowa performer at Byron's was King of the Tramps on New Year's Eve. Probably they used to play every New Year's Eve and they played this last New Year's Eve. Unfortunately, I had COVID. <laughs> and Todd Partridge has a song, Bury Me Upside Down So You Can Kiss My Ass. <laughs> hey, but, hey, Todd. It's, about a, 
It's Guilty. about a guy in Lorville who pulls his tooth out with the pliers, and Todd swears it's a true story. It's a true story. And I tell you what, the lid about blew off that place on New Year's Eve when the King of the Tramps played Bury Me Upside Down so you can kick, kiss my ass. It was one of the highlight moments of, of my adult life. So, so, Todd, can you play a refrain of, of the song for us right now on this I don't. I don't have anything to play it with, but no, I appreciate that art. And, and some of those new years, you know, we played that and we would bring in uh, special guests like the further adjustments and the young funk and different. And that place would just be packed wall to wall. Um, and that's how you bring in the new year with uh, burying me upside down so you can kiss my ass. Now, and it, is a true, it is a true story. Even better than that, though, the new yeah. year's Eve where we, we stopped and celebrated the new year and then King of the Tramps get back on stage and they start the new year with one of my favorite songs they've ever done. And it was called Byron's Boogie. And we had to do it. Great song. And Thank I you. got up and boogied through the whole damn thing. <laughs> what it's, a way to start a year. Much it's better an homage. Much better than getting a letter saying you're done in 30 days. Right. It's an homage to a great place and a great person, great purveyor of, uh, of all things music. Hey, Todd, you have um, you have Byron on the call here. You have have a bunch of fans of Byron's. Mm -hmm. You have anything you'd like to say to him or ask of him? Uh, you know, I think every time you walk into Byron's, what's the first thing we do, Byron? Hug. We hug, we hug it out. And when, when I leave, we hug it out. And that's, and everything that happens in between is, is magic. And, and uh, I think that that's the, and Byron, you know, I'd say most people that come through the door, get a, get a hug or at least a lot of them. So I think it's that spirit of love and energy, which is you walk in there and there's nobody in there and then it slowly fills up. And then pretty soon, you know, it's an encore and everybody's cheering, jumping and dancing and, uh, you know, I, I don't I can't think of any one special memory. I just think of all of these, you know, uh, all these shows and all these different people that are there and bands and people. So, yeah. So, Jason, how about you? We've got Byron on the call. Do you have anything you want to ask him or say to him or or just make a comment? Uh, yeah, Byron, can I get a gig? Sometimes <laughs> can I get books? Can I get a, just kidding. No, I, I, I'd say just hang in there. You know, I mean, it, it, w w there's a, there's this, uh, this crazy thing happening here with all these people all working in one direction. There's gotta be something good that's going to happen from it. So, I mean, it's, it's good right now. Right. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get it done one way or another. So. Hey, Tim yeah. Grover, Tim Grover, you have a comment in the chat. Go off your uh, uh, mute button and tell us how you want a back scratcher at Byron. Hi. Yeah, um, I've only been to Byron's one time and it was great, but you buy a ticket to come in on a Sunday night and um, see the performer and then you get a raffle ticket too. And Byron gave away like a half a dozen back scratchers and I got one. It wrote, he wrote Byron, you know, 10, 6, 96, or whenever I was up there. And I got that hanging in my garage and it comes in pretty handy for scratching my back too. And he always has really, I remember he had really cool posters for his performances coming up too. I think he had a designer from Sioux City that was doing those, but they're amazing as well. So 
That's my two cents. I love it. Thanks. Dave, Dave held up a back scratcher while you were while you were talking about that. So if anybody is on the call, I can't see it. We, we have a good crowd today, 35 people. I can't see how many of you might have a comment or a question. Bob Anderson, I don't see you very often on this call. What break, do, have you been to Byron's? <clears throat> I haven't been to Byron's. What brings me to the call is my high school student from 1969, Dave Hearn. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> And and coming back to Iowa electronically and seeing lots of friends. Absolutely. Good to see you, Bob. Are you coming back for this concert? We, we should uh, be a great place. Well, to if, you, if you buy me a ticket, I'll be back, but I don't think I'll make it. Oh, come on. Apple stock was good to you. You're not kidding me. <laughs> I can tell you that Bob Anderson made me eat a chocolate-covered ant. Oh, really? In class. I remember that. Why? What did he do to, to uh, warrant that honor? Well, well I, I forget what the lesson was, but I do remember the chocolate-covered ant. And it, it was something about getting out of your comfort zone, I believe. That's it. And then later he became the lieutenant governor of Iowa, and, uh, and uh, then he moved out to the West Coast, and I haven't seen him since. We so it's a wonderful day. Well, it's good to have him on the call. So, Dave, tell us about the organization of this event coming up on Sunday. What what uh, what remains to be done? You've gotten some great press. Art, I think, led the way, and lots of folks have followed up with stories. It's been incredible. We've had Talk of Iowa gave us an hour. Sheridan and Abby gave us an hour on Talk of Iowa. But the uh, Iowa... Uh, Public Radio, also uh, uh, the Studio One folks did a fantastic article on Byron. Then KCCI did an article, and K uh, or WHO TV did an article, and so the publicity has been pretty much free. We haven't had to buy anything. Social media is a huge part of it. But we have a committee of 22 people, and they're running not just this event, but they're also running an auction, which will be running between this event on uh, March 3rd and the next event, which will be uh, uh, on April the 12th, which will have Kevin Gordon and Amelia White and Carter Sampson and David G. Smith on it. That will be in Fort Dodge. So we're planning for that too. But for the planning for this event, just the 22 people have come together and and they have Shelly Bodorf, who is the director of the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association is a member of our executive committee. The Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association has a lease for the Phillips Auditorium in Fort Dodge, and they provided the venue for us when it was clear that it was going to be too big a show to, to put on at Byron's. And since then, she has organized all of this, and then all of the musicians were organized by Chad Elliott who put together the entire uh, list of people that are going to play at the show. So I have been lucky enough to uh, have great people to work with me 
to put this on. And I have basically been involved in the politics of trying to uh, prepare to deal with the city about the, uh, the ultimatum that they gave. And the committee has uh, engaged a lawyer from Algona, who is uh, a musician himself named Scott Buchanan, and he is helping us deal with the city. And his message to us is, is don't freak out about the ultimatum. They don't have a leg to stand on to shut you down until they actually hire an engineer themselves. And that's good because we tried to hire an engineer and we couldn't find one that would return our calls. And I don't know if that's because they didn't want to deal with the building or if because they're all so busy doing other things that, that uh, they can't return our calls. But anyway, he talked with the lawyer for the city and, and came back with the message, they're not going to be real aggressive with you. They're interested basically in seeing eventually their goal of tearing down that block and making it available for something else. And our goal, which is not incompatible with that, is to make sure that the music keeps going and that the uh, uh, that there isn't an interruption in Byron's when we do find a place to move Byron's to. So that's what the committee has been up to. So Byron, I, I was very sympathetic and, and still am to your plight. And then I saw some of the video fit, footage from KCCI and, and WHO of the exterior of the building. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it is a hazard. <laughs> it is, is it safe, Byron, do you think? I, I feel totally safe in there. I don't think it's going to come crashing down, no. Okay. It is old. 1893 it was built. So if uh, he gets freak base back in there someday, it just might explode. If, <laughs> if freak base comes back, there's this oh, funk oh. band from uh, Cincinnati or Cleveland, and he get he wears elevator shoes and dances on tables while playing, and the, the building will fall down if he comes back. Oh no, it won't. Paul it Nelson, won't. Okay. it's going to shake very hard. Paul Nelson doesn't bring it down. Nobody will. That's no, right. Are, Art, what do you think about the structure? Do you think, what do you think is the right thing to do? The right thing to do is for the city of Pomeroy and Calhoun County Economic Development to recognize that uh, Byron's is kind of a unique Iowa institution uh, that's recognized statewide. And were it not for Byron's, uh, you know, uh, well, it's it's an important cultural institution in rural Iowa. And if the state of Iowa gives a damn about rural places, then they'll try to preserve some of these little enclaves that keep us sane. Uh, I've lost a lot of friends over the last few years to politics. And this is the one of the few places where you can go and not get in an argument. And uh, nobody's picking a fight. And uh, it's just where... So it's very important that we preserve these kind of unique Iowa institutions. But like I say, rural rural Iowa is is literally imploding, and nobody is noticing. Except it's so that's why it's so encouraging to see all these people step forward 
and help Byron because they're really talking about preserving an important uh, part of our cultural heritage that we seem to be abandoning on a political level. I heard Dave say that that there's some council says that the the city of Pomeroy doesn't will be stalling this for a while. Do you think that that that's enough time to either repair the building, which probably doesn't seem likely, or find a new location? Well, first of all, Scott Buchanan, not only is a musician, but he's one of the more experienced property lawyers in the state. He just retired, and he's a very sharp guy, and and I'm sure that he can guide Byron and the rest of us through this maze with the city and and turn it into a win-win rather than some sort of a adversarial thing because Scott has been on both sides as a city attorney for small towns like Bancroft and Whittemore. Uh, or he's also been on the other side. So he understands how this all works. And and I think that the community will recognize that this is an important asset to the community and, and that they'll want to get involved in helping find a new location that's suitable and, and perhaps even contribute something of their own. Okay, and great. I think, I think I we can do that. Too, that the the committee is very, very optimistic about the ability to make a move to a new place. It's a matter of finding the right place. Byron would very much like to remain in his hometown of Pomeroy, but the there are um, opportunities in other small towns near uh, Pomeroy, and there are opportunities in, in Pocahontas and, and some other places. But we feel very confident that we're going to be able to keep Byron's in, in Pomeroy and to uh, do that in an uninterrupted uh, situation. So that's, we feel extremely optimistic. And, and part of it is uh, my personal goal when this committee was started was is to raise enough money to get the attention of other people to raise yet even more money and create uh, a sense of forward momentum on this project. And I think we're doing that because we've raised tens of thousands of dollars already and it's really been just over three and a half weeks that we've done this. And uh, I know that on your, uh, uh, Julie, on your, uh, email you said we had sold 150 tickets well now we sold 225 and it's it's uh it's definitely rolling forward okay we got we've got a couple of people on the call with their hands raised marshall lyons who may have some structural advice uh, that i i suspect and then we're going to go to mary after marcia marcia hi i'm an architect and a, a residential remodeling design specialist if uh, Byron stays where it is, uh, and you got a good structural engineer on the job. Um, the space next to him that's attached, I'm sure they share party walls, could be demolished and or the whole thing. And uh, the, uh, the party wall could be braced with um, steel, steel beams. And then in the future, if he wants to expand, once the whole rest of the buildings are gone, you can do an addition on Byron's for a dance place or more 
chairs for the music. Right. That sounds like a, a definite plan. I think the city is pretty, I don't want to say hell bent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that urgent, but I really think they would like to tear down that entire block, except for the bank building on the end, which they're buying and hoping to reclaim. Oh, they want to do that, but they don't want to let Byron do that? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. You're at least the third person that's brought that up to me. We looked at the bank yesterday, Art and I and some other people uh, looked at that building. One of the problems with the bank building is, is that it doesn't have a roof on it. So it's been, you know, open to the weather for years. And uh, if I may interrupt, uh, Marsha, it would be really helpful if you could forward your information to Dave Hearn, uh, your contact information. Okay. Uh, we could investigate that because uh, that was one of the first things we thought of. And in the absence of expert advice, everybody said, oh, no, no, that'll never work. And, and I tell you, contractors would rather plow everything down and start new because it's easier for them. Right. And I'm, so anyway, if, if you could, uh, if you'd be willing to consult pro bono as Scott Buchanan has so graciously agreed to, <laughs> we would be forever grateful, I think. Well, and as, since I am a remodeling design specialist, if you do get a new space, I'd be happy to donate my services to lay it out. And this is being works. recorded, remind you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of witnesses. <laughs> She's well, terrific, by the way. She writes a, a column that's been syndicated about these very issues. So she's a good resource for you. This is amazing. Um, I'm speechless. Yes, <laughs> I would love to have your information and be in contact with you about this because we do have a, a possible building in... Uh, uh, in our sites. The building is not officially for sale yet. But it's about the right size and about the right shape. And uh, well, I got some friends in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've done restaurants and bars and and a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Well, yeah, we as Byron earlier said, he thought it would take you know ten million bucks to. So maybe maybe there's a practical solution there. I Could know be. we have a lot of uh, of people that come to Byron's that have offered to help in uh, well in this particular building that I'm thinking of. Its last was used as a hairdresser's shop, but it was originally built as a doctor's office, and it looks to me like it's less than two thousand square feet, probably around fifteen hundred square feet. It's got a new roof and it's got a new air conditioning system and it's got water and electricity, but it's got walls in it that need to come down and it would need to be remodeled on the inside. And sure. you sound like the ideal person to consult with on, on how to uh, approach that because I, I can tell you that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm don't a fundraiser. Have uh, well, yeah, you're a good guy to hang around with. Um, I don't have a structural engineer in my pocket anymore. Uh, 
what happens with the uh, professionals you work with for a long time, a lot of times they die. So <laughs> got to find a new one that's alive. Hopefully not in an so Hopefully building. not in their own buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Dave, and then I'm going to go to Mary, but Dave, uh, we do get a lot of listeners to the podcast version of this call. How do they reach you? Or are you the one to reach if somebody listening to this has, has a contribution of expertise or real estate or whatever to make? Well, one, there's two ways you can reach me that's pretty easy. One is by email, and that's friendsofbyron2024 at gmail.com. That would be the that would be an ideal way. And I have a phone number, which is 515-227-0275. And uh you can feel free to give me a call. I'm retired, so I'm usually available. Okay, great. All right, Mary, you're up next. Go right ahead. Okay, is there a economic development? Oh, hold on a second. Somebody needs to mute because there's background noise. All right, go ahead, Mary. Is there an economic development committee in Calhoun County? Or is there a way to get some tourism grants? I have, Byron, I have tried to come to your place, but I've never been able to get there when it's open. Um, but I do stop at Casey's frequently. I'm very familiar with Highway 4. So I don't even know. I mean, Pomeroy is a very, very sleepy town. Uh, a lot of churches. I think there's a nursing home and some egg businesses. But, you know, you're probably the hopping spot in the whole town. So to me, this seems like logical that the city and the county would want to help you because you are bringing people to Pomeroy. Um, I, Iowa Magazine did a wonderful story about you several years ago. And um, what the organization that I've heard about and uh, I've been paying attention to this, it's like I applaud all these people who are working for a good thing, but um, seems like the county and the city are missing a great opportunity to help a business that brings many people to your to Pomeroy. There is a, a, a Calhoun County Economic Development Organization and uh, uh, also Dave Hearn visited with uh, some folks from Iowa Economic Development who are also connected with Calhoun County. And I'm sure that uh, Scott Buchanan is going to be talking with the city officials about how they can help Byron as opposed to be an adversary. Right. So Byron, what, what, what's your plan? Are you going to go, are you going ahead and booking entertainment for the next year? Who've you got coming up? Um, what, how are you handling all this in terms of the present and the future? Well, even before they gave me the letter, I had uh, I'm booked every Sunday till October. Okay, great. Now, as a patron, do, do people pay tickets, a cover charge to come in? And does oh, that yeah. It's $15 a ticket for most shows. Some of the more expensive ones, I have to go up to $20, but that's it. $20 is the highest I've charged so far. Well, other than this upcoming one, $50 <laughs> for that. And the, the one in Fort Dodge is $50 for a general admission ticket. 
the VIP tickets that were a hundred dollars are sold out. Okay. And does those do, does do those funds then go to the musician or how does that how does that work? What's your business model? The musicians are <laughs> the, the musicians. Well, let me let Byron talk. Well, uh, I usually give the the gate to the band. Sometimes I'll take out if I have to give them motel rooms. I'll take that out of it, but they get the gate. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes I did. A lot of times, the gate does not reach what I guaranteed them. So uh, I don't make money on this very very often. But in my mind, I'm I'm blessed <laughs> just by being able to get to see and hear this music, talk to the musicians, get to know them. And that's that's what I'm in it for. Okay. All right. Well, this is uh, this is fascinating. Okay. Who else? Let's see. Carol Montag, you're on the call. Have you ever played Byron's? You should play Byron's. Oh, you're you're still muted. Sorry. Go ahead and unmute. Sorry, I've never played Byron's. I've never heard of it. Um, <laughs> is it a bar or a restaurant or? When when people come to hear music, are they actually listening, or are they eating and drinking while you're performing, or what's that? What's the venue where well, we like? They're eating and drinking. I have frozen pizzas, Pasquale's pizzas, and but they also do it quietly. And okay, you gotcha. listen to the show. I will shush you if you okay. if come you want to. Have a conversation, I'll say before a show, especially a singer songwriter show where you have got to listen to that words or you're not right. going to get a damn thing out of it. Okay. I will tell you, if you want to have a conversation, go outside. And when you're done, you can come back in. <laughs> good, because good. Music, How many seats? How many music seats? is the most important part of this. Okay. How many seats do you have there? Uh, it'll hold, uh, it'll hold 80. Oh, okay. Okay. I have had 120 in there, but. That Do you a have crap. a loyal following? So it's an audience that will come regardless of who's there because they know, knowing you, I, it's going to be. Yes, I have quite a few that will come from 60 to 90 miles away to every show. Okay, well, Which, sign me up. <laughs> just come on in. Any, <laughs> any Sunday at 5 o'clock, I have live music up there. Okay, that sounds good. All right. So, five, but your book through October? Yeah. Yeah. So it I didn't call anybody either. They all called me. Okay. I should get your number so I can call you as well. <laughs> okay. You need the secret password. Okay. Any other comments or questions or just uh, good wishes for Byron or advice? Let's see. How about you, Jim Sarah? Go ahead and chime in here have you been to byron's jim you're not far well you're you're still muted <clears throat> i admit i'm not far up the road but no i have never been there i will say though we have in humboldt and it's not as active it's not nearly as active as down in jefferson chuck but we have a diversity inclusion equity group going on and that's where the discussion about this first came up which i'm not sure the motive or you know that wasn't part of, you know, I'm not sure why it started there, but that's where I first heard of it. It's locally through that group. Uh, I am curious, 
just to learn about the progression down the road, you know, the upcoming events mentioned today, uh, the March one and then the April one. So uh, I think, and I was just looking on the Facebook where to find you so I can become Vivian's friend and see what the active things are. But I think the more we can do this and also maybe inspire other small communities to find their own Byrons. And it might not be music menus, but it might be other types of businesses that are unique. And I think uh, I look at art and I said, you know, here in the wasteland, North uh, Western Iowa, we have to maybe be very searchful for those things. So, but I enjoyed the conversation. I learned a lot and now I can know where to go. I know, I know how to find Palmer. I just have to get down there. Bring Joe Hadar with you. Yes, of course. Yeah, Joe's a great guy. Joe's a friend of mine. He's He's been keeping me advised of the things that you guys are doing up there. He's invited me to the DEI meetings, but I haven't been there yet. Well, we'll look forward to, to seeing you, Dave. That sounds great. Yeah. So, Dave, are you still accepting auction items? Yes. Why don't you auction off... Um, 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 enrollment in the Iowa Okoboji Writers and Songwriters Retreat, and I will donate and that to you. If you can, if you can create a sheet of paper that would serve as a certificate yep. for that, and get that to me, uh, even if even if it's just like a JPEG file or a PDF that I could uh, print out add a printer we could do that but sure. we'll, we'll need it before this weekend okay I'll, I'll do it as soon as we ring off this call byron any final comments thank you so much you this was your this was your uh cherry of a zoom call i guess is what we <laughs> well i first off want to thank my parents for teaching me to be nice i think that's get you around this world so much nicer if you're just nice, be kind to people. And I want to thank everybody and anybody that's any part of this. It's the, the love being thrown at me is uh, unbelievable and sometimes unbearable, but in, in such a good way. Uh, I am I actually scared about this Sunday that I won't emotionally be able to handle all the love being thrown at me, but I, I will get through it. Yes, you will, because we're Byron's family. Yes, thank you, Dave. And your Kleenex. Yes, I'm going to have Kleenex around my neck. All right, Art, any final comments before <laughs> we bring off? Keep on rocking. All right, thank you, everybody, for being on the call. Byron, thanks for all you do for musicians. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Byron, thanks for doing